Go thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. King is the king of the Jews. He's a king of Israel. He's a king of righteousness. He's a king of the ages. He's a king of heaven. He's a king of glory. He's a king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a well-framed of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his firm is lighter. to that right people so that is my king and i don't know about you people but you know what i think sometimes in christianity 
Christ, Jesus himself kind of gets lost. The irony of it all, don't you think? Welcome to Bible News Radio, people. Today it's Saturday. Yeah, it is, which means that I played pickleball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but anyway, it also means that tonight is our show. And tonight we we have, um, you know, a whole bunch of stories we're going to talk about tonight. But I really, you know, as I was thinking about the show today, I really wanted to kind of bring back the emphasis, you know, back to Bible, then news and radio, right? Okay. And I also wanted to give a shout out to my friend Mia Chapa, also known as Linda. <laughs> <laughs> to hand a, a select few people, I happen to see Linda's or Mia is in the in the chat room right now over on Periscope, and you know I have to say it was a year ago tomorrow that I had the blessing of having Mia come to my home and uh, and baptizing her locally here um, in Spring Hill, Tennessee, and you know I have to say that um, you know when I saw that this morning I was like. You know, that's why we do what we do. We ultimately do this show in order to build disciples, to draw people who may not know who Christ is into the the church, and to help believers get bold in their faith and understand that we really have nothing to be ashamed of. If you really know what you believe and you know why you believe it, if you take the time to study God's word and and really really ponder every every word in the word you cannot be you, your faith will never waver it just won't we have so many reasons to believe and you know it's funny i think i think um um that sometimes one of the things that i see with people who struggle with their faith is that, you know, I often hear people say, well, I have a hard time understanding the Bible. And, you know, I can honestly tell you, I've never had that problem since day one when I, you know, first got God's word handed to me. Um, he gave me the gift of being able to understand it and to teach it. And that's my gift. But I understand that people out there don't have that gift. I mean, we all have different gifts, right? I don't have certain gifts like service. That is not my gift, people. If you want me to serve you, talk to Randall. <laughs> That's his gift. He doesn't mind. That's one of his favorite things. Me? No. That you know, that's why people don't call me up and say, "Hey, can you make me a, you know, a chicken pie for the potluck?" cuz cuz that's just not my gift. That's not who I am. That's not who God made me. Um but, you know, so what I want to do is I want to use the gift that God gave me to be able to encourage you in your faith. And so here's one thing I want to share with you tonight. I want to open up to Romans chapter one. I want to say hi to Forrest over on YouTube and anybody else. I don't know if you're there unless you say hi. Um, anybody on Facebook or any place else. Hi to everybody. Sean, I see you. Jeannie, I see you as well. Um, what I want to do tonight is I want to open up uh, to Romans chapter one. I love the book of Romans. Romans is um, is really uh, probably one of the most theologically uh, profound books in, in the whole Bible. It's always been my favorite book. My life verse is in this book. Um, and I have to say that this book is often misquoted, <laughs> frequently overlooked in some ways, um, and, never, and never really taught. Um, and parts of this book, and specific 
specifically chapter one, um, are actually silenced in our culture. And so what I want to do is I want to pick up at verse, well, no, I'm going to just read the whole thing. I'm going to read chapter one. Okay, so here it is. Let's begin. Chapter one of Romans. I read the New American Standard Version. So um, this is how it starts. Paul, a bondservant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, who was born of a descendant of David, according to the flesh, who was declared the son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead, according to the spirit of holiness, Jesus Christ, our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for his namesake, among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ to all who are beloved of God in Rome, called as saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's talk just really briefly about Paul. You guys may recall that good old Paul was Saul before he was converted. And Saul was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He knew the law. He knew the Old Testament like you wouldn't believe. He probably had the whole thing memorized. And and Paul had a, uh, well, let's say he, he was converted on the road to Damascus with the, with the very words from heaven from Christ himself who said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now, I don't know about you, but when I came to the Lord, the Lord didn't say that to me. He didn't say, Stacy Lynn, why are you persecuting me? <laughs> my my conversion was completely different, but he did say that to Saul. And, and of course, Saul, um, you know, was blinded and, and eventually brought to some other believers where he was encouraged by Barnabas and some people discipled for quite couple years and eventually everybody began to believe him and it's really interesting because if you want to draw a modern day parallel and I'm not saying Kanye West is an actual Paul the Apostle but what I am saying is that the whole controversy with Kanye West is understandable in light of the fact that there's a reason to under there's a reason why a lot of people in the church are questioning whether or not his conversion is real they want to see the fruit and I'm sure Saul who was renamed Paul, went through that. So anyway, he's the one writing this letter um, as inspired by the Holy Spirit. So, uh, so he goes on to say, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being proclaimed throughout the whole world. For God, whom I serve in my spirit in the preaching of the gospel of his Son, is my witness as to how ceasingly or rather unceasingly, I make mention of you, always in my prayers, making requests, if perhaps now at last, by the will of God, I may succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you, in order that I may impart some spiritual gift to you, that you may be established, that is, that I may be encouraged together with you, while you, um, among you, while among you, each of us by the other's faith, both yours and mine, now, I just want to draw attention in here to verse 11 to the word established. The reason that a lot of people are not feeling secure in their faith is because they're really not established in their faith. They're not grounded in their faith. And Paul wanted his disciples 
to be established. Why? So he could be encouraged. So verse 13, and I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that often I plan to come to you and I've been prevented this far in order that I might obtain some fruit among you also, even as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. Thus, for my part, I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Now, let me just say something about that. We often take that verse totally out of context, don't we? Take, don't just admit it. You do. Okay. We all do. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, but in the context, you have to understand that this is a very radical thing that Paul is saying. Very radical because the Jews and the Greeks weren't necessarily friends, right? And God appointed Paul to preach to the Greeks, which, you know, you got to understand that Paul had a heart for the Jews. Okay. So it's interesting because here's a man now saying, Hey, you know, the gospel's for everybody, right? And the gospel is for everybody. It's not just for a certain group of people, right? So just keep that in mind. Um, okay. So in verse 17, it says, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written. Uh, but the righteous man shall live by faith. Again, this is Paul quoting from the old Testament, right? And, um, he was a master at that, by the way. And then it says here for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness, because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood uh, through what he what has been made, so that they are without excuse. I'm just going to stop here for a second. Okay, obviously... We could take a year, literally, <laughs> to go through this these couple of verses. Um, but, you know, often you might hear somebody say, well, what about the person who's never heard about Jesus Christ? And how, you know, how will they know that there is a God? Well, here you go. That's your answer right here. Because the Bible declares, and here's the other thing too, the, the Bible declares the wrath of God. How many people do you know preach that from the pulpit today? They actually talk about the wrath of God being revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Well, what, what does that mean? What it means is they know and they push it down and they're like, nah, don't want to deal with this. Um, and it says here, why? Because that which is known about God, it's evident within them. Read your conscience, people. <laughs> and this is one thing that the atheist community cannot explain. And, the, and those who promote science, they can't explain it. They just can't. They cannot explain your conscience. And this is the difference between a Christian and an unbeliever, is that the Christian's conscience, when you receive Christ, you are cleansed 
in your mind, your whole conscience is forgiven. You are cleansed. You're forgiven. You no longer carry that burden and that guilt because the Lord through his grace and mercy cleanses you. But the man who does not have a clean conscience and it has not been cleansed, that man tries to do everything they can to suppress it, to numb it, uh, you know, to deny it. That's exactly what this is talking about. So it's interesting because, because that's why we have addiction, right? People do something bad. They don't know what to do. You know, they feel guilty. There's a reason they feel guilty because God is bearing witness to them through their conscience. And rather than accept that there is a God out there that loves them, they're like, nah, nope. We're going to go ahead. We're going to just ignore that. And we're going to pretend that doesn't even exist. Right? So, okay. And, and believe, and this is happening right in our culture. So it says here, um, in verse 20, uh, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse for, for even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened, professing to be wise they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Therefore, God gave them over in the lust of their hearts to impurity that their bodies might be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the, cre the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions for their women exchanged the natural function for that, which is unnatural. And in the same way, also the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire toward one another, men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper, being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, they are gossips, slanders, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful, and although they know the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but also give hearty approval to those who who practice them. Okay. And I'm going to stop there, even though really the thought is carried out in chapter two. So why am I reading this? Because I often have people say, why do you always talk about these same issues on your show? Why are you always talking about the gay agenda? Why do you talk about abortion? Why are you talking about the transgender thing? Why are you talking about people who believe in, in, you know, worshiping the universe? Or why do you keep talking about like, um, environmentalism and, you know, all the big things that we talk about. And this is why, this is exactly why, because Romans one explains really clearly what's going on 
And for some reason, so many in the church, they, they're like, no, I don't want to talk about that. That's a political issue. That has nothing to do with me being a Christian. And yet it does. It has everything with you being a Christian because God's given us the answer to that problem, right? And so there are a group of believers who are being persecuted in our, in our culture, right? And those believers happen to be people who speak out against the sins of homosexuality, abortion, transgenderism, um, Islam, you know, anything that comes and attacks the image of God, the way that God created, created us, that is being persecuted in our culture. Now, are we dying for it yet? No, but people are losing their jobs. They're losing their businesses. Thank you for showing me that bare face. <laughs> you know, they're, they're losing, um, in some cases, even their children because of these agendas, right? So I want to let you know that we're going to talk about this in just a second, but I want to remind you, our sponsor is Ariel Ministries, and we are so blessed here at Bible News Radio to have Ariel supporting our show because this is a very solid, theologically sound ministry with strong biblical content that you all need to get because it's grounded, it's rooted in scripture, but also it's the understanding of the scripture in the context in which it's written. I can guarantee you that if you were to buy uh, Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum's commentary on the book of Romans, you're going to understand Romans 1 in a such a powerful <laughs> and deep way. Um, you know, you're just, you're just going to love it. Okay. So I want you to go over there tonight. I want you to find the commentary on Romans. I want you to buy it and save 20% when you use the coupon code. Okay. Just use that coupon code Bible news. Gloria, I'm so glad you're here too. I really, really appreciate you coming in live. I know, I, I know <laughs> it's like our schedules team tend to, to cross a lot, but, but, um, you're, you're really an encouragement to me and I really appreciate that. And, um, but anyway, so Ariel though, don't forget they are our sponsor, at least through the end of this year they are. Um, so get that discount while you can. We're not, we're not sure yet if they're going to continue next year. Uh, they've been really faithful in the last three years supporting us, but a lot has changed with us and them. So, um, so use that discount while we still have it and, you know, pray that we can keep it next year because <laughs> that would be super great. Um, also just want to say hi to Sharon, Sean, uh, Hortense, Christian. Oh yeah. Jeannie is there. Hey, Kim is there too. Hi, Kim. Nice to see you. My superhero paramedic. You're not really a, you're a nurse, superhero nurse. <laughs> uh, and of course anybody else watching I, that I didn't see, um, I want to say hi to you about say hi about that too. So, so here's the thing. So I show you Romans one, most of you already know this, um, but really go back and read it because those verses that are being banned here's, cause here's, let me tell you a little bit of a backstory about, I don't know, in the early seventies when abortion became legal, you know, because we would rather have it safe, legal, and rare, you know. <laughs> That's a joke. Uh, when abortion became e legal, what happened was the church stopped sharing the gospel. Okay? They stopped actually... Oh, you are a paramedic? Okay, so you are a superhero paramedic as well. Um, but the, the church stopped sharing the Bible 
in reference to abortion. They stopped quoting Psalm 139, where it says, God fearfully and wonderfully made us. He knit us together, together in our mother's womb. They stopped doing that because somebody somewhere decided that that was a good idea. And when they did that, the power of God began to lift, okay? Because Christians decided, well, we should just speak the language of the culture. Well, we should just leave this this old dusty couple thousand year old book and not talk about it because we don't want to offend anybody. And then when the homosexual lobby got into the picture, you know, and the whole issue of homosexuality came up, you know, again, again, people were like, no, we don't want to read from Romans one because that clearly speaks about homosexuality. We certainly don't want to read from Leviticus 18 and we, we don't want to even read from first John. If you actually look in there, there's a whole bunch of stuff about homosexuality in first John, which most people don't think about, but it's, it's in there. So why? Because, well, we don't want to offend anybody. But when you don't tell people the truth, you get the culture we have today. And so God's word declares that it will not return void, but it's sent out for the purpose it it will accomplish. It will accomplish the purpose in which it's sent out for, right? So why would Christians decide that they don't want to share the good news with the culture, especially if the good news is that you're saved and your conscience is cleansed, right? And that you're forgiven. Well, let me read you another passage in Romans, in, in 1 John. Because I want you to see this. This is so important. And maybe some of, I know some of you have heard this already, but I'm going to share it again in case somebody new is in here and has never heard it. Okay. So in 1 John chapter 1, which I got to find it here. It's here in my Bible. First John chapter one, beginning in verse eight or uh, in verse five, rather. Um, John writes, he says, and this is the message we have heard from him. That's Christ. And announced to you that God is light and in him, there's no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and her and his word is not in us. Okay, so here's the thing with this verse, these verses. So first John one nine, just like Romans one sixteen, completely taken out of context. Is it true that if we confess our sins, he is righteous and faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness? Yes, completely true. But if you take it out of context, then you miss the other two verses that are sandwiched around that. And what we have here in our culture today is we have people saying, well, homosexuals and homosexuality is, is okay. You can be gay and Christian, you know, but the truth is, no, that's not true 
Because if you look at this, if you look at verse 8, it says here, if we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves. So if we say that homosexuality is not a sin, guess what, people? We're deceiving ourselves. If we say that abortion is not a sin, guess what? We are deceiving ourselves and what does it say? The truth is not in us. And then verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But then verse 10. If we say that we have not sinned, let's say by having an abortion or I'm just using homosexuality and abortion as an example. But let's say we haven't sinned. Let's say uh, killing that baby was not a sin and, and committing homosexual acts is not a sin. Then we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. Now, let me ask you something. If you're a Christian and you advocate abortion, oh, it's just a woman's right to choose or you're a Christian and you advocate same-sex marriage, you support it, you promote it, you don't speak out against it, is the truth in you? Because according to that, it's not. And also, you make God a liar. And don't ever forget this. Don't ever, ever, ever forget that anytime you don't believe God and you don't stand up for his word, you're calling him a liar. Here's what I can tell you is that God does not lie and he doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? So that's why we do what we do because we want you to look at the news and we want you to look at the word of God and go, okay, what's real here? What's true? If God is the one who cleanses us from all of our sin and his word doesn't return void, then do we need to be ashamed of what God's word says regarding these issues? No, we don't. Because Paul, the apostle who had the most radical conversion of all mankind that we know of, um, Paul, the very words of Christ to him were, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Wouldn't you agree that when you don't stand up for God's word, in essence, you're persecuting the Lord by not defending what he gave you rightly to defend and freely, especially in America. I'm going to tell you something. And I don't mean this in a mean way at all. I mean it in the most loving way possible. Unless Christians today in this country really begin to stand up for what God stands for, we're going to lose that right. And we're going to end up in the concentration camps, just like people in Germany and all throughout history. And if you don't believe me, just remember history repeats itself. And we know this because the word of God tells us the persecution is coming. I'm not an escapist by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> I'm not. But what I can tell you is that our country is under God's judgment. I don't care if you believe me or not. We are under God's judgment. The minute we, we <laughs> took God out of the schools you know, we began promoting immorality. In fact, did you guys know that America is the number one purveyor, purveyor of smut throughout the world, right? I mean, seriously, and I'm using smut. That's a goofy word, but it is. It's crap throughout the world, you know. 
you know, and I know a lot of you guys, I know a lot of you on Periscope. I know a lot of you. I talked to, to so many of you and, and, and so many of you are in different like fields of, of work, you know, and I hear stories from you and it's like, you know, if we, if we don't stand, if, if we're not the salt and the light, if we're not the preservative for our culture, who's going to be that, right? We already know that they're going to try to kill us, right? Which that's not unusual. We're, Christian persecution is at the highest level it's ever been in the history of the world, right? We're living in that day. And I know like right now, right now everybody thinks politics are going to save the world and we got to vote for Trump again and all that. And, and maybe we all should, right? And I'm okay with that. But what I can say is don't put your hope in Trump. Don't put your hope in Kanye West. <laughs> put your hope in Christ and him alone. That's why I played when I played at the top of the, the show because he is the king of kings, right? And you know what? It, there's going to come a day. There will be a day. When this book will be banned in America. Okay. It's going to come. It's already coming across the country. Across the world. So meditate on it. Day and night. Do Psalm 1 you know. Don't take counsel from the wicked. Um, and don't be naive about the schemes of the enemy. Okay. So so before the show gets away from me. Which is already half over. Um, I want you to, what Randall do you have pulled up the whatever you want okay so there's a lot okay so let's go ahead first of all let's let's highlight the former LGBT um, people because this this right here is a persecuted minority in our culture um, and I know we've talked about this before but let's look at some faces of very courageous people okay now if you don't think that these former lesbians and homosexuals are courageous I'm going to tell you that they are because the counseling community, which I laid down my license for, basically, um, you know, they have basically said, um, you know what, I don't care what the world says. I'm going to follow Christ and I'm going to tell you what he did for me. I am changed and, um, you know, change is possible. In fact, I'm going to tell you, I, I found this guy over on TikTok, love this guy, and I had just invited him on my show and all he does over on TikTok is he shares these crazy God stories. And that's what we need more of. We need more testimony of what God is doing in the lives of real believers. And I'm not talking about, I'm going to stomp the devil and I'm going to put him under my feet. I'm not talking about stuff like that. I'm talking about <laughs> if you think you're so bold, you can stamp the devil and put him under your feet. Then I'm sorry. You're not even as powerful as Christ is because what Jesus did was he conquered him on the cross i wouldn't pay attention to the devil i would give praise to the lord because it says if you resist the devil he'll flee from you not entertain him um that's just my opinion okay go ahead and play the video this is from cbn news by the way these days when there's so much talk about gay rights and transgender rights and laws being passed to protect those rights a whole other minority is getting ignored those who've come out of the gay community. 18 former gays, lesbians, and transgenders stood before the U.S. Capitol to proclaim they're real, despite a culture that denies such transformation is possible. We've experienced a change in our sexual orientation, um, some small, some great. I mean, some of us don't experience same-sex attraction anymore. And yet, everywhere you go, you hear that's utterly impossible. 
not for this former homosexual, now father of four. I don't ever get sexually aroused by looking at a man. That hasn't happened in years. But House Bill 3570 says therapy similar to what helped Ken Williams and many of these leave the lifestyle can't do that. It proclaims there is no evidence that conversion therapy is effective or that an individual's sexual orientation or gender identity can be changed by conversion therapy. Williams worries such a bill would forbid the counseling he insists saved his life by calling all of it conversion therapy. At 17 years old, I was suicidal. I started seeing a Christian counselor who I saw weekly for five years. And uh, it changed my I mean, That was the last day I felt suicidal. Pastor Jim Doman says similar counseling helped him go from gay guy to heterosexual husband and dad. But HR 3570 brands such therapy toxic, saying it is substantially dangerous to an individual's mental and physical health. Dillman, of course, disagrees. These bills would not only prohibit it, it's almost like we'd have to go underground to seek help. And it breaks my heart when you hear the stories of people who've been sexually abused, people who are suicidal, people going through depression and seeking help, or they want to go in a different direction. That would not be, um, would be very, very difficult, if not impossible, to do. Many here are Christians who also give God the credit for their radical change. Elizabeth Woning brought a warning for a culture that would reject that power and instead embrace what the Bible says is toxic. We are denying our own biology. We are hating ourselves. We have higher rates of mental illness and suicide. The farther Christianity gets out of the mainstream, the more broken we're becoming in America. These folks are saying while laws are being passed to protect people like those in the gay and transgender communities, other people who want to swim against the cultural mainstream will be hurt by those very laws. Paul Strand, CBN News, reporting from Capitol Hill. So I love CBN News because they they actually they actually share that type of news. And I'm going to just share this, and I don't I've shared it before. Most of you already know this. When I was a, when I was a child, I was sexually abused. Uh, as I grew up, um, I had same sex feelings. As I got into my teenage years, I dated guys. I totally loved guys. Um, totally, well, anyway. I had no problem with that. I mean, I had Scott Bale on my wall and I had John Stamos on my wall. I, you know, I lusted after them. Um, admittedly, I'm not going to die. I'm not going to lie about it. But when I got older and I moved out on my own, I have to tell you that I felt attracted to women. And in particular, a friend of mine, um, I ended, we ended up kissing each other. Actually, she, you know, we, we had this encounter. And I'll tell you what, it was powerful. But I will tell you, as a Christian, and I was a baby Christian at the time, I knew that that was wrong. And I knew that that wasn't what God wanted for me. And I also understood that I, ha I had the option to go to therapy. And so on January 6, 1990, I walked into my very first therapy appointment and I saw Rachel. She was my therapist. She asked me what my presenting problem was, which all therapists will ask you. And I said, well, I think I'm gay. I think I'm gay. And she said, well, tell me why. And I said, well, you know, because, you know, this this happened. I feel guilty for it. I feel bad for it. <clears throat> I don't think I'm supposed to be doing this. And, you know, immediately, of course, we didn't do it any. We didn't. It was just that one time. But the point is, is I went to counseling, a Christian counselor. And then she started listening to me, you know, and, and saying, you know, um, what happened to you when you were a kid? And I said, well, I was sexually abused. And then I went on and I shared my story with her. And I shared with her that my mom never wanted me. My mom only wanted boys. My mom handed me over to be molested most of my childhood. Then when I became a believer and I actually turned my, my, my perpetrator in, 
for the abuse, which, by the way, he would have gotten 25 years in jail, okay? Now, any of you out there understand law enforcement and sexual predators? 25 years is, is akin to a lifetime for a sexual predator because they don't get that much time, generally. 25 years was the minimum that they could put my perpetrator in jail for, okay? My mom forced me to go back to the police and lie to them and say that I lied about all the things that happened to me, even though there was pictures and evidence and the cops knew I was telling the truth. My mother forced me to recant my story because she wanted her butt off the hook, okay? My, that was my mother. My mom wasn't a nice person. She was a vile, wicked lady. And I will tell you that I did. I recanted because my mom threatened to kill me if I didn't. But that was part of my conversion too, okay? So I didn't have a loving mother, so that's part of the criteria for same-sex attraction. I was sexually abused. That's part of the criteria for same-sex attraction. And and the LGBT lobby, they try to rip all that out. Oh, that research doesn't matter. All that evidence doesn't matter, etc. Well, anyway, within three sessions of talking to Rachel, my therapist, when I was 21 years old, I understood why I had those feelings. And Rachel helped me learn how to begin to understand how to set healthy boundaries because what I was looking for, everybody, was a mother. That's what I was looking for. And those wires got crossed and that was sexualized for me. And I'm not the only one. I know a lot of people in the gay community and what I can tell you is almost all of them have that type of background. Okay? So they're trying to ban any type of therapy for somebody like me when I went in who thought I was gay. All right? That's why this is so nefarious and so wicked because, you know, could you guys imagine? Just think about it just for a second. Could you imagine if God hadn't saved me and I never went to counseling on my own to figure out what was going on and I went into the gay lifestyle? Can you imagine? Honestly, could you? Think about it. Would Bible News Radio exist? Would this show, would Randall and me be married for 27 years? Would all the tens of thousands, the millions of people who've downloaded my show over the last 15 years, some people who've gotten saved, would any of that had happened? No, none of that would have happened. And I have a friend locally, uh, her name's Jennifer, and she recently told me, she said, she said that God knows who those who are his and the enemy knew that you were his. The enemy came after you when you were a young child to try to thwart what God was going to do in you. And you know what? He didn't do it. So sometimes those of us who get whacked the hardest with some of the trauma and the abuse, um, you know, the enemy knows. The enemy knows. He's not dumb. Satan isn't stupid. And people who have this really bad warp theology that go, oh, I can just stomp the devil under my feet. I can blah, 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 all the other stuff. I'm sorry, you guys. You are the most ignorant people I know. And you're the type of people in the faith that I want to hit because you have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) You know, if you seriously think that, you know, most of you don't even read the Bible. You just listen to these word of faith, false teachers that tell you this crap and you don't even understand what Jesus did for you, but you're going to talk to the devil all day long. Sorry, 
that I mean <laughs> I remember when I was I went to camp you know there was this old song some of you might know it because you're as old as me shut the door keep out the devil you know <laughs> it's like the goal is to keep the devil out not to engage him hello anyway it drives me crazy um find him right do you want to say something <laughs> i i don't know i shouldn't i shouldn't be funny but that's the thing i hear we, we bind you satan well if you can do that bind him forever and just cast him out of the universe and be done with it if you have that authority right um but that comes again not from understanding binding and loosing from a jewish perspective but anyway but ariel ministries check it out Back to you. All right. Anyway, so so anyway, all that to say that those those homosexuals and former former homosexuals and lesbians, people who identified that way, you know, they are the devils. They are like the thorn in the devil's side because they're like, hey, look at us. You tried to get us trapped in, in this lifestyle. Look at us. We turned to Jesus and He set us free. Ha! You know, take that. You know. <laughs> anyway, okay. So here's the other thing. There is a YouTube. Um, this, um, the Heritage Foundation one, Randall, on, um, gender transitions. Okay, so listen to this. YouTube, which this show is on, uh, YouTube removes video on gender transitions, claims doctors' comments are hate speech. Why would he do that, right? Um, let's look at the article here. It says, um, it says the Heritage Foundation's Jared... Stepman appeared on Wednesday's edition of CBN's New Newswatch to discuss the YouTube's decision. Uh, okay, blah, blah. Okay, so it says here, YouTube has dubbed a video by a leading pediatrician discussing the treatment of transgender children as hate speech and has banned it from its internet platform. Dr. Michelle Critella, a longtime pediatrician and executive director of the American College of Pedi Pedi Pediatricians, is seen in the Daily Signal video giving her rationale against current consensus treatment for children who believe they are not their biological gender. Reckless and irresponsible, John Hopkins professor issues dire warning on transgender treatment for kids. Think about, this is a John Hopkins professional doctor, people, okay? This isn't like some, like, whack school. We all know about it, right? And the same ones that were pioneering in sex reassignment surgery in the 70s. Yeah. Just so you know. Yeah. See if you want to cut off a leg or an arm, you're mentally ill. But if you want to cut off healthy breasts or a penis, you're transgender, she said in a 2017 video. According to the Washington Free Beacon, YouTube says it's this statement that violates their policy against, quote, promoting violence or hatred against individuals or groups based on gender identity and expression. <laughs> right? Violence and hatred right there. Mm-hmm. Unless that sentence is removed, YouTube refuses to allow the video on its platform. Controversial in these days and times, perhaps, argues the Heritage Foundation spokesperson Genevieve Wood, but not hate speech. By any objective measure, Dr. Critella did not violate the hate speech policy, Wood said, according to the Beacon. We agree with the spirit of the YouTube policy that every person should be treated with respect and that every conversation should be civil. But here's where we disagree. As a nation debates the whole issue of gender identity and parents consider whether to give their children hormone treatments, we need to have a robust, fact-filled, serious debate. 
Dr. Critella goes on to dispute the current gender affirmation treatment approach, saying in the video, if I walk into my doctor's office today and say I'm a Margaret Thatcher, my physician will say I'm delusional and give me an antipsychotic. Yet if instead I walk in and said I'm a man, he would say, congratulations, you're transgender. To read the full transcript, you can get, you can go ahead and, and come to this article. I'll tweet this out so you can see it. Um, and it says here, um, well, I'm not going to read the rest. I think you get you get the point. Okay, you get the point of the article. The point is that, and I've talked about this before. You know, many years I've been talking about this on this show. Fifteen years I've been talking about this. Christian speech, religious freedom versus gay lobby. Okay. And who does the gay lobby have on their side? The media. <laughs> you know? So, so, so what has happened is most people don't speak out because they don't want to get picked on by the gay lobby or the media. And trust me, I can tell you for years I was hammered by the gay lobby personally, threatened. Um, I had my license threatened by by the gay activists in California when I was a marriage and family therapist. Um, the whole reason I, I put down 18 years of my life to become a marriage counselor. And then after five years, earning those 3000 hours to get licensed in California, after 13 years, it took me to earn the master's degree, 18 years of my life. People, when I saw that test to get licensed, it didn't give me an option to help a homosexual. And I told Randall, I can't do it. I cannot knowingly get licensed as a marriage counselor and help and, and not be able to help a homosexual or a lesbian or some kid that needs help. And that hurt financially. That hurt me big time financially. You know, that was my whole career, my whole life goal was to get that degree, those degrees, and to, to spend my life counseling people and helping them. I could make probably $100,000 a year as a therapist, easy, or maybe $75,000, depending on where I worked. But I couldn't. I could not compromise that. So I'm here doing the show. And I rely on you people to donate to us to help us pay the bills. So that I can share this and get the word out. Because you know what? A lot of people won't tell you. And Randall and I, we have actually gone into homosexual conferences. And we have sat there with the activists. Literally looking at their stuff. Listening to their battle plan uh, to attack us. You know? We, we brought back footage. <laughs> you know? So I have to say that, you know, I want to ask you in all sincerity, if you like our show, please donate to us. We really need the money. We really need your help. Um, and I'm not begging for money. I'm just telling you the truth. Look, if you get ministered to, from the work that Randall and I do, please donate to us when you can. Okay. Become a pillar of the community. And I know so many of you do already. Um, you know, it doesn't matter how much. Um, it just matters that, that if, you do, if you like what we do, please support us. Because you know what? God has called us to this. And I'm going to tell you, if he hadn't, I wouldn't be doing it still after all these years. Because um, I know every day I get behind this microphone, I talk about these issues. I know <laughs> either my show is going to be banned, it's going to be it's going to be banned, it's going to be targeted. 
etc. I'm I'm just just gonna say um, it it already has. Facebook won't even promote our show. I've tried to promote my show, boost it, pay for ads on Facebook, and they won't they won't let me do it. Right, and so many of my other friends on YouTube and other places. Their shows have been demonetized because it's Christian content and we speak the truth biblically and they don't like it. They don't want the truth out. We are literally going against the flow. And uh, when you do that, you are not, um, you're not liked by the liberal media at all. But I'm not going to go and spend thousands of dollars or millions of dollars putting Bible News Radio on a Christian platform. I'm not going to do it. I'm not not going to happen. First of all, I don't have the money, but that's not where I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be here. So let me talk about this abortion actually campaign. Now this, this, (laughs) this, you know, (laughs) uh, this is, this is, um, okay. Now from where I'm coming from, just so you know, I don't think abortion is legal. I mean, I don't think it's, it's moral. I don't think anybody should have an abortion under any circumstance. Zero. Yes, that includes in the instances of rape and incest. I don't care how you were conceived. That doesn't mean the baby should be killed for it. I'm one of those radical types. Okay. Listen to this. And Randall's going to put this up. This is actually a campaign called Abortion Actually. Abortion Actually. And if you look at the graphic as it goes through, you can see that it's switching words. So it says here, abortion. And the people who have them have been called a lot of things. But what is abortion actually? An act of love? An act of compassion? An act of healing? An act of selflessness? Abortion actually is something one in four people will experience in their lifetimes. <laughs> it's health care. Wait a minute. It's freedom. Abortion actually can be emotional or not. It's a personal decision, a family decision, a you-know-your-body-and-your-life-the-best decision. If you've had an abortion, you're the only one who can speak to what abortion actually felt like to you. And that's how it should be. It's time to reframe the conversation on what abortion actually is about. What is abortion actually to you? If you believe that abortion is at its core an act of love, compassion, healing, and selflessness, please join our campaign today. The Abortion Actually campaign is part of the Abortion Rights Project, the National Women's Law Center's initiative to fight back against the assault on abortion rights in our country. That's insane, people. That is completely insane. And if you do not think that abortion, like like the marketing of evil here, that this isn't deception to the masses, I don't know what to tell you. Bearface, you want to comment? Um, so many things to say. Let's <laughs> just... Um, just break it down here. Okay. An act of love. Nothing says love like dismembering and a human infant. Mm-hmm. I mean, just if you've ever seen the dismembered pieces in yeah. a dish, you know, um, and and the m- amount of money that's generated by the industry this and selling. A, can I just say yes? We can see your comments in Periscope. I'll get to them in just a second. Okay. 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 Act of compassion again. Nothing says compassion of. 
we wouldn't want this poor infant to have a to run the risk of being adopted, maybe even going to the foster system where they would live and have an opportunity maybe to become something. It's better to dismember them right here in the womb, or better yet, punch them in the back of the brain with scissors while they're in the birth canal. There's nothing that says compassion like abortion. An act of healing. Who's being healed? Uh, I, I don't know if you looked at the stats. I'm not not from some right wing, you know, anti-abortion program. But look 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 at the stats on on the um, um, oh come on the U.S. Health site. I've just um. The Department of Health. What, the Center the, for Disease Control? Yeah, CDC, CDC.org, okay. you know. Yeah. Go, go look at the stats for abortion complications, including sterility and bleeding and stuff like that. And death. And death. Just just curious about the death part. Right. You know? and not, not just, just the, baby. the baby. Right. <laughs> it's actually the mom can die. There's no, it's, it's, it's a traumatic surgical procedure no healing takes place there's at least one death and and there's damage that takes place as a result of it it's not a it's not a healing surgery yeah it's it's a it's a surgical act not to repair something well you know i can i mean can i just speak to that just for a minute is you know i had a hysterectomy um almost 10 years ago um, when I was 42, I had a, I had a hysterectomy because I went in to the gynecologist and um, I had um, endometriosis and I had a lot of um, fibroids and things like that. And I, I bled heavily most of my life. I mean, from being a, just a kid, you know, from my whole life, it was miserable. Um, when I had that hysterectomy, I knew the finality of it. I didn't want to have it because I wanted children. I wanted my own children. But if I didn't have it, um, the, my doctor said that I was gonna, it was like precancerous uterine cancer. I needed to have it, right? So honestly, it was the best thing for my health because it wasn't doing anything to help my health. It was I had pretty bad health at that point. And actually, you know, on Facebook, I go back through some pictures like from 10 years ago. I look at pictures of myself from 10 years ago. I look sick. I mean, I was fat. I mean, super fat. And I was, um, you know, just I looked bad. I mean, <laughs> I can't believe Bareface married me. Um, but anyway, the grief process, I bring this up because the grief process that I felt afterwards the grief that I went through as a result of that hysterectomy. Um, I remember my doctor telling me, she said, you know, the reaction you may have will be similar to women who've had an abortion because the finality of that decision is very real, right? So for me, the finality was, okay, I will never know what it would, would have been like to have a child that looked like me and Randall, you know? I, I, I will never know that. And that is a huge loss. Now, how much more so a woman who gets pregnant and, and then chooses to abort their baby, you know, they, they, they had that choice. They had the option to, to know what their baby looked like. It was a girl or a boy. Um, you know, I had baby names picked out. 
you know, I had visions of a 10, you know, 10 kids. And yes, people have said, well, you could adopt blah, 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 blah. Okay, look, that I could go on to a whole <laughs> show about the dumb things people say to women uh, who've had hysterectomies and stuff. But I will save that rant for another day. My point is, is that there is a huge grief process. And if, if a woman who like has cancer and loses a breast goes through this change of their identity because they've lost a breast, think about the people who try to alter their body to become a different gender. They deal with all this stuff, but nobody wants to talk about it. That's, and that's the big deception. Just, just one more thing. Okay. Uh, you know, it says abortion is actually, it's an act of selflessness. Anything now, but. Right. And yeah. I don't want to sound like I'm condemning any woman who has an abortion. I'm condemning those who provide it. Yeah. They know. They know. They know exactly they what know they're exactly doing. They know exactly what they're doing. And they're taking that knowledge all the way to the bank several times over. From the services they provide to selling the body parts to who knows what else. Right. And... And then this bill of goods that, though this is your only option. This is, it's, it's, it's totally selfish on the part of the providers, the callous to callously murder an innocent human being. And, and, and in, in the case of multiple abortions, and I think it's, it's, it's an extreme form of birth control. I want I want the pleasure, but none of the responsibility. Yeah. Um, uh, so can I read some comments in here? Yeah, get to those because I could go on. And... Okay. So, um, okay, I'm going to scroll back. So Gloria's been saying a lot in here. Um, somebody came in and wanted to talk about, yeah, but isn't the majority of mankind still going to hell? Satan ends up winning in the end as far as numbers are concerned. Well, you know, not really. I don't think, I mean, yes, I would say probably the majority of people are going to go to hell, which that's accurate. Um, does that mean Satan wins in the end? No, I don't think so because he knows, he knows his finality and um, it's sad that humanity will make that choice, right? Um, okay, so then... Um, so Gloria says that she understands what I was talking about. She says, I made the right decision to do this. And she said she'll start donating to us soon. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. Um, and she says, my YouTube channel at some point will be shut down. Probably, if you're biblical, it definitely will be. And Paulo, Paulo Locke says that you love our show. Thank you. Mine was due to a tubal pregnancy with twins. Oh, that's, yeah, well, that's, now that's different. That wasn't like it was something you were trying to do. That, unfortunate, that stuff happens, unfortunately. The power to believe in something is powerful. The human brain can change state of minds and alter pain levels. That's actually true. Mm -hmm. uh, this cuts me deep after all these years. So many women want children. Yep. And... Okay. All right. We're going to go ahead here. You were 29. Yes. Yep. Your hormones were all messed up. I get it. All right. I think that's it. Okay. Yeah. Good. You know, thank you for sharing. 
you know, maybe you and me should do a show, you know? I think it might be kind of fun to have you on. I haven't had you on. Why don't we do that? Just let me know if you want to do it, and we'll get you on the show, and we could do a dual show together. How's that? Want to do that, Gloria? That might be fun. We've had Tommy on. We've had Brick on. We've had some other people on. How many of you guys would like to see Gloria come on the show? That'd be good. Um, um, just the... Um, I should put my talking hat on. Um, yeah, I'm just... I want to give a shout out to Stuzy44 from Scotland, watching over on Twitch, oh. and also see Barb's comments on oh. YouTube. Um, anyway, Barb says, uh, I'm very proud of my daughter who had a baby out of wedlock. She was under a great deal of peer pressure to have an abortion, but she was strong. Her baby just had her own second child. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of her as well. The baby is also a genius and teaches higher math and physics. <laughs> that's but, awesome. Yeah, See, that's a... I, this is awesome. See, and that's the type of testimony that we need to hear that a lot of people won't, cause, and it'll be censored. All right, Gloria, let's get together. We'll do that. Okay. Well, you know, here she was, an un, unwed mother. Just just think how terrible her life would have how much easier her life would have been without the baby. You know, her, her life would have been terrible, you know, bring a child in the world, you know, peer pressure, your life would be so much easier without the baby. But look at what w- would have been prevented, you know, um, you know, a second generation, um, a genius and educating others in math and physics and anyway. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. And the comment on Twitch? Twitch? Yeah. Yeah. Is there a new comment? No, I forgot what you said. Oh, uh, Stuzy44 is tuning in from Scotland, watching from Scotland. Wow. I don't know how to do Scotland. Scottish. Uh, Scottish. 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 <laughs> Whatever, anyway. Obviously not less. You don't know how to put on the Scottish brogue. Neither do I. I know that this is what Irish and Scottish, I don't know. Anyway. Sounds like you're starting to feel better. Um, weird as always. Bareface has been sick most of the week. But you know what I did for Bareface tonight? I gotta show you, I gotta tell you an answer to prayer. <laughs> okay, so it's not really an answer to prayer. That's that's a lie. But it's one of these God things. So I called, so I went to go see my father today because I haven't seen dad all week because Bareface has been sick and he had the stomach thingy and I didn't want to be around my dad because he's 91 and I don't want to bring my germs or Randall's germs to my dad. So I haven't seen my dad this week. So I decided that I was going to go see my dad. And I told Randall, I said, is there anything that you would like me to get for you? I'm leaving the house and I don't want to go out there in the cold again. So let me know now if you want me to, you know, do that. Thank you for praying for him and me. Indeed. You always got to pray for the woman, you know, because you know how men are. Sweet, lovable, but, you know. And and staying healthy, which is, which is, I'm much yeah. thankful for. So we, um... Well, so far. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, I go visit my dad. He's playing bingo, and I don't want to hang out with my dad because he was playing bingo. And my, when my dad plays bingo, it's like, you know what? Just leave him alone. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, so, 
and it was kind of funny. I walked in there and the ladies like, and I'm, I walk into the assisted living and I go into where they're playing bingo and the, the lady Randall, she, um, it was somebody new who I hadn't met. So she didn't know who I was. So I was standing there and I was trying to find my dad just standing there looking and I found him cause he's one of the few men in the place. So I was like, oh, there he was in my mind. And so I was like, do you need something? Are you looking for somebody? I said, yeah, no, I'm fine. She's like, do you need to find somebody here or whatever? I'm like, I'm fine. And she's, and she's like, B56. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So I decided to walk out. I walked up. She goes, are you looking for a resident in here? I said, yes. And I'm walking up to my dad and I'm putting my arms on him, you know, his shoulders say, Hey dad, you know, cause I didn't want to like interrupt him because she's, you know, you know, G 53, <laughs> you know, I mean, she's calling bingo. So anyway, I give my dad a hug. I give him a kiss. I tell him that Bearface was sick all week. So I didn't want to come and get it and see him, blah, blah, et cetera. So then I call Randall and I say, Hey, I'm leaving my dad, so do you want me to go get you something? Because if you do, now is the time. Because I don't want to go out in this cold after I get home later tonight. Because it dropped into the 20s. This, you know. Anyway, long story short, Randall's like, well, yeah, I, I'm, you know, I am hungry. And I'm like, do you want me to get you crackers? Well, I've been thinking about it. <laughs> So he tells me Hawaiian bread. Not trying to be difficult people. Trying to be considerate. Right. I, so so he says Hawaiian bread. We never buy Hawaiian bread. Whatever. Well, so I said, okay, I'm going to go. I'm just going to go to Food Lion. I'm going to get you some bread because, you know. So I go into the store and I go into the bread thing. And Food Lion doesn't have a big, huge selection. <laughs> Not like other stores. Yeah. And I, I'm looking well, all over for the, for the Hawaiian bread. Finally, I see a guy who's stocking stuff in the frozen section. I said, hey, I have a question. Do you guys carry Hawaiian bread here? So he's like, I don't know, ma'am. Let me go look. And he comes over to the thing, and we're looking all over the place. And down on the bottom shelf, there's this big flat of like 24 rolls of Hawaiian bread. But it's rolls. It's not actual bread. It's, I mean, it is bread. But it's, you know what I'm saying. It's rolls that you would have at Thanksgiving because that's coming up. So... The guy goes, I could eat this whole thing all by myself. And I'm like, I don't really care. I have no idea. I don't really care that you could eat all of this all by yourself. I don't really care. So he yells over to the, <laughs> he yells over to the, to the, to the women behind the, the counter who, you know, cut the coal cuts and stuff. Hey, do we have any Hawaiian bread? And the lady there just literally happens to have the very last loaf of Hawaiian bread and they were just getting ready to put a sticker on it um you know and all that so I said hey can I have it I have a sick husband who's requesting Hawaiian bread <laughs> and they're like yeah you can have it and I'm like good thank you so I came home and bareface heated up some Hawaiian bread and we both had some Hawaiian bread for dinner. That's what we did. It was not a Hawaiian punch. That's good. But it was Hawaiian bread. And it was good. Yeah, this is the first day that I've actually had an appetite. Mm -hmm. And things that I thought sounded good when they hit my stomach just don't sit well. 
you know, like today, Stace was kind enough to make some tostadas, and I said, oh yeah, that sounds good. And I ate a couple of those, and oh man, it just <laughs> it's like felt sick to my stomach afterward, and so like, that's not good. And so I was laying there, and I thought, okay, I need something bland, like crackers or something, but I can't see myself really just enjoying you know matzo, and I like matzos, chocolate covered matzos, and but. <laughs> Anyway, but I thought, you know, I want to eat something warm, you know, I could, like, the other day I ate a sandwich, she she was very kind to bring me a small sub, six inch sub from Subway. This, this, this was... That sounded really good, but again, when it, after it went down, it's like, oh my goodness, it just, things just, my stomach not sitting well. So today I'm laying there in bed and think, okay, I want, want it warm, you know, something that I'm... I couldn't imagine myself just chewing on a, you know, loaf of French bread or something like that. that would just get kind of dry after a while, you know. Bread and water. I mean, I got my BOK bread and Gatorade. Put some electrolytes back. I don't know. And then so I started thinking about it. And thought oh, Hawaiian bread. That's that's really super moist usually, and when it's warm, it's good. And and you know, you can eat that for a while. And so it came to mind like, yeah, that I I could try that. And, Sure enough, perfect. What Just... was the last thing that you wanted that I had to hunt for the last time you were sick? And I ended up getting you some, I think it was like crescent rolls, wasn't I it? I think you I wanted crescent rolls last time. I don't, I don't know. What, not sure what you're referring to. Remember you were sick last time and, and you. Like last month, like a month ago when well, I you caught were, your stomach flu? Yeah, you were sick, but no, it was before that one. It was, I forgot. It's gonna drive me crazy, but it whatever. Wasn't yours, I think we it was just we both brought it back from Salt Lake City, and it just took a day longer to incubate with me. Yeah, but at least you didn't have to fly sick. Yeah, true. That that was not fun, especially when the Southwest flight attendants, like you, look like crap. Are you sure you're gonna be okay? Here, do you want the barf bag? Here's here's an extra <laughs> barf bag. Here's some ginger ale. Here's some water. Here's some diarrhea medicine. We just want to make sure you get through this flight, girlfriend. <laughs> I loved it. It was great. Uh, that, no, I'm not that's terrible. Sure. Yeah, we did. Well, mine was food poisoning on top of stomach flu. Oh, gosh. But, you know, Dave and Buster's, they're like, no, it wasn't. I'm like, uh, yeah, it was. Me and my friend both got sick on the same food. So don't tell me it wasn't food poisoning. That was food poisoning. But whatever. Um, anyway. <sighs> um, anyway. So <laughs> I lost my train of thought. I know it's hard to believe, isn't Searching it? Searching for some food. I don't know. Yeah. Remember, though, you were sick. And remember, I came back with crescent rolls. And some other thing because you came back. So apparently your your sick food has to do with, um, you know, you want bread when you're not feeling well. It's it's basic, you know, fairly bland, but you want to eat like a prisoner. I guess it, you know it's it's the basics. Yeah. Speaking of that, let me tell you a little bit about Legal Shield. <laughs> How'd that come up in conversation? I forgot to mention that. Hey, uh, you guys, I want to let you know that if you have not protected your identity yet with identity theft protection, 
today is the day to do it. If you want to join my team, become a member, and sell this stuff with me, please sign up by tomorrow. Because, I'll tell you why. Because, number one, it will help us. But even more so, it will help you. Because, you know what? The, the Christmas season and Thanksgiving is coming up. And this is when criminals start to attack more, okay? Look, criminals are evil. They know how to attack during the opportune times of life. And if, you know, they're, they're going to, you know, I was talking to somebody today at Pickleball. And I was explaining what Legal Shield is. You know, it's unlimited access to an attorney law firm. Hey, you call them up and guess what? I just have to tell you that, um, you know, this this is to have, right? And right now, if you sign up to sell it with me before the 10th is over, which happens to be tomorrow, not only will you help us, you know, meet, meet our goals, but we'll actually get a bonus as well. Uh, $100 extra bonus, which we could really use right now, especially because we got that big fat bill for Tuggy Bear that we're trying to pay off, aka the face of evil, um, which he actually kind of looks like the face of evil, if you think about it. He has red eye, all that. But anyway, so I was telling this girl about Legal Shield today, and I was telling her, I said, you know, it's interesting. Um, if you ever get a ticket, a traffic ticket, just want to let you know that that, you know, they'll help you, etc. Anyway, she went on to tell me about this big experience with, that her dad had and all that other stuff. And you know what? What happened was that she paid over $100 for an attorney to write a letter to help her with her car. And what I'm going to tell you is I asked her, I said, I told her all about the service. And I said, how much do you think this is? And she said, 250 bucks a month. And I said, Nope. It's twenty four ninety five. It's twenty five bucks a month for Legal Shield. That's it. Twenty five bucks. That covers you and your whole family, twenty six years and under. Um, it's the best service ever created to help people with life situations and get, you know, a turn you, you can be rich with this service. Anyway, long story short, uh if you sign up for that, that helps you. It helps us. If you sign up for ID Shield, that helps you. It helps us. It's a total win-win situation. Um, and, you know, to be an associate, that deadline is actually tomorrow. Here's the thing, though. If you sign up this month, it still helps us. <laughs> so don't feel pressured or anything. But um, but the special bonus thing actually ends tomorrow. So just keep that under your hat. If you're interested, get in touch with me and we'll talk. Okay, because I don't want to sign. I don't want to sign anybody up who doesn't understand what you have when you sign up. Because um, really, you have gold. You really do. You have gold when you sign up. Um, the 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 membership will pay for itself because of the membership perks and stuff. So, um, so if you have it and you need to know how to use it, let me know because I'll help you with that too. If you don't have it yet, <clears throat> you know this would be a good month to to sign up all right okay so that's it people uh randall and i are tired and we're gonna go ahead and go to bed after this so, <laughs> so uh so uh thanks for tuning into the show i'm glad that you came um and um you know and and you know remember that those people who are not yet saved you know remember that used to be you at one point 
You know, you had a before Christ life. Remember that. And somebody or someone shared the gospel with you, or maybe the Lord just shared the gospel with you. But somehow you came to see that that truth, right? And so I want to encourage you, like I did a number of years ago, get that most wanted list out. Get your prayer list going. Those five people, you know, put those five people who don't yet know the Lord on that prayer list and start praying for their their salvation so that they would come to know the truth that's in this book that nobody wants to talk about, right? That the culture doesn't want you to talk about because this is a convicting book, man. Um and, um, you know, and remember that. And then when that person comes to Christ, then remember to, to disciple them, lead them to the decision to get baptized like Mia did a year ago tomorrow. Happy, happy spiritual birthday. I, I mean, I know you were born again before that, Mia, but I, I count my baptism date as my spiritual birthday because I don't know when my actual birthday was. Um, but, you know, happy baptism date tomorrow. Um, and that angel that we saw, I mean, that was pretty cool. You know, uh, if you, if you didn't watch last year, last year when we, we baptized Mia, there was this woman who kind of came into the locker room and had some weird stuff. But anyway, she said she was from heaven and then she kind of disappeared and nobody still to this day has ever seen her again. Isn't that the weirdest thing? That was a weird thing. Um, but yeah, <sighs> Anyway, um, yeah, so there you have it. Okay, we'll be quiet now. All right, be bold, stand up, go with God, people, because he loves you. We'll talk to you tomorrow.